folding pocket. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Hello and welcome back to The Fast and the Curious with me, Christian Hugill, and... Me, the team principal, Greg James. Welcome to a Formula One podcast co-hosted by the drivers themselves to give new fans and seasoned F1 veterans alike a peek into the wild circus that follows this sport around the world. We've been going a few months now. We are The Fast and the Curious, Christian, me, and usually... Betty Glover, but no Betty Glover this week. She is away. However, Christian, I've found someone so good to have on in her place. I'm excited about this. Now, normally when one of us can't be on, we get one of our listeners on to cover because Betty's very much on holiday, having a proper sit down and do nothing holiday. She texts me very excitedly to say that she'd read an entire book in a day. (laughs) <laughs> so while Betty's doing that, while Betty's reading her annual book, we thought we'd do something a little bit different to normal as to when we get our listeners on. And that's fantastic. But this is this is different, isn't it? This is a bit different. It's a really big booking, a really big booking. <laughs> so before we get them on, I'm going to say this now because I don't want to say it to him. <laughs> but I'm going to say welcome to the Fast and the Curious. It's lights out. And away we go. And Christian, I didn't want to say the catchphrase while the man was looking at me in the eyes over a computer screen. So I got it out of the way as he was in the waiting room. He's now, he's now on the screen and we can now welcome the voice of Formula One on the television, a regular on the Sky F1 podcast. It's David Croft. Can we call you Crofty? Call me anything you want, Greg. How are you, boys? Very, very good. <laughs> Crofty, welcome to The Fast and the Curious. I tell you what, what an honour to, to be on. But, you know, you're famous enough. Get your own catchphrase. Don't use mine. <laughs> I've got I've got so many bad catchphrases that sort of haunt me. And do you know what? When, you're, when, your, screen, when your face pops up on, on my screen, Im- I obviously saw your face mm-hmm. first, and then I was immediately drawn... To your background, would you like to explain to the listeners what you've got on your background? Yeah, um, when when we moved house, uh, my gorgeous fiance uh, decided to buy me a little uh, prezi, which was uh, some letters to uh, to pin up on the wall. So in the back of our office, it says "A lights out and away we go," which uh, was a gorgeous prezi for her, and um, it, it makes for a nice backdrop when I'm doing things like this. It's really, really nice, and it's really great to get you on. Does it have on the opposite wall two seconds, Ted? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've got a T-shirt upstairs that says two sex ten on it, uh, and a Hawaiian shirt. With Ted Kravitz's face Excellent. On. I think I'm. I think I'm the honorary member of the Ted Kravitz fan club. To be honest, <laughs> I love that. Man. Yeah, look, there's so much I want to get into with the with the, the Formula One coverage and, and and your part in its history in a bit. But uh, I, I want to go back to the very beginning. But just quickly, Christian's reminded me to talk about when the radio thing comes up and you hear the. That never in the history of the world has uh, an alert been given so much 
reverence. Uh, it, no matter who's talking, no matter what is being said, everyone is immediately silent. It's the most respectful thing I've ever seen on television. Yes, because it's the first time uh, often we get a real clear indication of exactly what's going on. Because Formula One is not like any other sport in terms of its coverage. You know, football, cricket, you know, darts. You can see everything in front of you. Formula One, you can't. Mm. You, know, you can't see the driver's feet. You can't see the engine. can't see the gearbox. You know, more often than not, you can't see the whole playing field. It's out in front of you. So those team radio moments are an absolute godsend for, for us commentators and for, for people like Ted in the pit lane as well, because they're, they're the choice excerpts, uh, excerpts of, of what the driver is saying to the team, what the team are saying to the driver. So quite often, the first instance uh, or inkling we get of there being a problem is when we hear it on the team radio. So that's why it's so important not to talk over them. And Ted is, is brilliant at many, many things, but shutting up is not one of them um, <laughs> because it's his job to talk a lot. That's why I politely give it the two sex Ted. And sometimes he listens. Most of the time he can hear me and we're all right. <laughs> well, look, we'll, we'll get back into some, some proper Formula One racing chats and talk about your, your, uh, your, your current career. But I wanted to go all the way back because this podcast, you might not know that all four of us, me, Christian, Jimmy and Betty, are all radio professionals. And we, that's our first love is, is radio. And you also are a student of hospital radio absolutely it's it's the only place uh, to start we we had a chat spa once uh, we had a proper radio nerdy chat one saturday when you you'd come over with mercedes on a supercar run yeah and i loved the fact that you you were just as nerdy as i was but i um i started out fairfield hospital radio uh, which doesn't exist anymore because they turned it into luxury flats. Oh. But that's where you cut your teeth, you know. And 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 I did a couple of sports shows as well. <laughs> Used to put the microphone up to the TV to try and take some horse racing commentary um, <laughs> or, uh, or whatever BBC One grandstand was playing out that afternoon. But you just, you cut your teeth, you make your mistakes and, and you learn. And it is the only way to learn. Hospital radio, studio, student radio, you've got to start somewhere. Mm. Oh, it was a huge, hugely significant part of my teenage years as well. I loved it. And I'm yeah. also, I'm so pleased that you remember our chat. I wasn't going to bring it up in case awkwardly you hadn't remembered. Yeah. But yeah, we had a really good chat. So it was Hospital Radio, BBC Three Counties, then a lot, a big stint on Five Live. So you were with the BBC for, for a long while. And then Sky Sports, what, for over, it's over 10 years now, isn't it? Yeah, 2012. Uh, started out at Sky Sports. Um, and I, I, I'm the only one now that's that's been at every single race uh, for, uh, for Sky Sports. Uh, it feels like two years quite frankly. The world has just flown by, yeah. our Formula One world. We uh, we don't get much chance to, to rest on our laurels because every single week, our commitment to, to you F1 fans and, and to the F1 fans that, that are listening to the podcast is that we try and give you the best possible coverage. And I think, I think I'm, I'm really proud of, of what we've achieved and, and that we've given F1 its own channel in the UK and we've given it a coverage that I hope people are proud of. And, and we are... We're one big family that, that, that tour the world. And I hope, I hope that family nature comes over because you, you can't do what we do without enjoying the company uh, of the people that, that, that you're with. And, and we do. We're all great friends. We, we spend time away from work with each other as well. I'm, I'm playing golf with Simon uh, Lazenby tomorrow for Damon Hill's charity golf day in, in aid of the Halo charity. It was a marvelous Oh, nice. Yeah, which he's going to give me so much grief for on the first tee because I've got the world's worst swing. I've got like bending 
the arms. It's not, it's not brilliant. <laughs> he's, he's just, from the first moment I bumped into Simon Lazenby, we, we became massive friends and he's, a, he's just, um, he's the glue that holds us all together. He, he really is a great guy to be with. Well, you, we might be hearing from lasers before the end of this interview. Crofty. Oh, so everything I've said then is a complete load of rubbish and I and I hate him and whatever he's come up with is just going to be absolutely <laughs> horrible. And I know it's going to be horrible because that's the sort of man he is. <laughs> Natalie Pinkham, she's a brilliant presenter. I wish you'd stand in for him more often. <laughs> I was about to say he's a lovely man. I mean, me and Greg have both met Simon Lazenby, but I shan't say that anymore because Crofty's just shone a light on his honest true colours but Crofty I'm I'm this podcast sort of resident F1 geek therefore it gives me an opportunity where there is a fellow passionate F1 geek with notebooks and notes and all of that sort of thing to ask you the question that I get asked all the time so what got you into F1 Crofty because it's like as me someone like me growing up as an F1 fan from listening to it on the way home from kart racing when I was a kid where you were commentating on Five Live to obviously then Sky getting the rights and you, like you've been a constant presence as I've grown up watching Formula One. What started your journey? Um, well, first and foremost, uh, fellow F1 geek, I did love your explanation, by the way, of degradation and wear um, in, the, in the last podcast, which can I just say... Not only was it brilliant, um, but it also was crucial to what was going on in Monza. You know, even after what eighteen years in the sport, I still love it when people put things into plain, simple English, and we try and do that on Sky. But it's not always uh, as easy uh, as you made it seem. So, top marks to you. Well, I can retire happy, Crofty. Now, if Crofty's praising me for something <laughs> like that, I like that's done. I'm done. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> and, 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 I'm, and I'm sorry, Mr. James, that we don't explain it quite succinctly as you wish from time to time. You know, we'll dumb it down a bit more for you at the next race, I promise. Well, no, I don't I don't need it dumbed down. I don't need it dumbed down. But I understand. I mean, as a but look, as a as a cricket fan, I get this all the time. Because when you're watching mm. Test Cricket, for example, which is if you're a Test Cricket fan, uh, you 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 know everything about it, much like hardcore Formula One fans know everything about it. So there's a very, very difficult balance between going, here's how everything works all the time, every single week, because you, so that's why it's good to read around or have a friend like Christian or do a podcast like this, because you, you can, you have to read around these subjects. You can't, not everything can be spoon fed to you. So um, that wasn't, it was absolutely not a criticism of the coverage. I love the coverage. I'm a Sky subscriber. Marvellous. So we can carry on with this chat then. That's not a problem. Um, we, uh, we, <laughs> we all need a friend like Christian. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think also, um, th this is kind of where I come in. We have Martin Brundle, you know, just a, a legend within the sport and, and who can explain everything brilliantly. Damon Hill world champion, Jensen Button, Nico Rosberg, Danica Patrick, Naomi Schiff, Andy Davidson, Karun Chandok, you know, to name but a few who have all driven Formula One cars or driven racing cars for a living. But I come in from the one who wasn't a Formula One driver, who wasn't a Formula One geek as a youngster. I watched Formula One. I, I, I adored sitting on the sofa on a Sunday listening to, to Murray and James um, describing the action and then Murray and Martin. But I wasn't wasn't a, a massive F1 fan. But I got the opportunity 
to start getting involved in Formula One when I was at local radio, when I was at Three Counties Radio, because uh, Paul Stewart Racing were our, our local team uh, based in Milton Keynes, and they became Stewart Grand Prix. And so this new team that wanted, you know, local publicity were, were saying, look, can you can you feature us? And I'm like, what? <laughs> talk to Jackie Stewart. Yes, please. I would love to talk to Jackie Stewart. That would be great. And, and Paul as well. And we were there right from, from the onset of, of Stuart Grand Prix, which became Stuart Ford, which became Jaguar, which became Red Bull. And I used to I used to fight with the, the powers that be at Broadcasting House to get um, press passes for the British Grand Prix. Because right. I'd argue that it was in our patch. We, we covered beds, hearts and bucks. Mm. You know, there's there's parts of the track that are in Buckinghamshire that we should be covering that as well. And, I'm glad to <laughs> and I great. won the argument, and and that got me to Silverstone, and, and I covered I covered a few Grand Prix uh, for for, for uh, Three Counties Radio, and then a couple of uh, Saturday Sport on Fives for Five Live as well from the Grand Prix, um, and then. Um, I kind of fell into Formula One coverage after that. A uh, very good friend of mine, Jason Swales, was the F1 producer at Five Live. And in a bar in Vegas, and this is a true story, I promise you, at 2 a.m. in a bar in Vegas, he turned to me and said, you should be an F1 commentator. We were talking F1. And I went, shut up, you're drunk. <laughs> and he repeated it the next day and said, no, we need a new commentator. You're going to have to audition, but we think you'd be absolutely perfect for it. Um, and you've got the voice for it. So I auditioned, forgot about it completely. And then on the 23rd of December, 2005, I got called into the manager's office um, at TV Centre and was told, you're our new Formula One commentator. You'd better start swatting up. Wow. And then I realised, and, and I'm sure you've all been in situations like this, about 10 minutes into it, however much preparation I'd done, I was not equipped for this whatsoever. And I was very much learning on the job. <laughs> and we got through the first season and I've been learning ever since. So that's how it all started, Christian, in a bar in Vegas. It's where every good career should always start. There's so much to get your head around in F1. I find it extraordinary that... Crofty, you are like this encyclopedia, and yet you sort of had to build that yeah. up from scratch almost. That's it's amazing. Very much so. But I think the thing to realise about F1, though, that however complex it seems and however daunting it might be, the sight of, of cars at 200 miles an hour going wheel to wheel and the drivers pulling off some of the feats that they do is nothing short of, of hugely spectacular in the very least. And kind of unhuman at, at the very most. These are not human beings. They're gods as far as I'm concerned because they can do things... Superhuman, isn't yeah, it? They can do things behind the wheel that we just can't do. Otherwise, you know, my name would be Lando Norris and I'd be living in Monaco and I'd probably be, you know, <laughs> out you know, on, on a jet ski at the moment <laughs> rather than have the pleasure of talking to you guys. But, um, you know, there, there are different, different levels <laughs> of, of, of Formula One. It's like an onion, you know, peel away the layers, it'll reduce you to tears, but there's a sweet spot there somewhere that we can all enjoy and and mm. when i go wow i'm not doing it for any pretense or putting it on i am hugely hugely excited about what i'm seeing in front of me and i think that blends very well with with martin who when he yeah. goes well you know it's special because he's been there done that had the crash bought the t-shirt and gone back home again afterwards so you know we, we we work well together because of our levels of experience and, and the way we both came into this Crofty, we're sort of obviously two thirds of the way through our first season in Formula One. Something we've accidentally started is something our listeners have started doing 
at the tracks and we wanted to see if you had ever done it because it's like if if anyone's ever going to have done it surely it's someone that goes to like all the races because we we were doing it we did an f1 phone in again to keep with the radio vibe back in the summer we we recorded it actually drinking rosé in greg's garden like all laddie f1 podcasts do sounds fair enough yeah (laughs) one of our listeners called uh ann talked about how she'd gone onto the track and betty who's not here today our other presenter asks did you kiss it ann as in did you kiss the track which our (laughs) listeners for reasons beyond us, have then started to go across the world to F1 tracks and film themselves kissing it, Anne, and sending it us. So, uh, Crofty, if it's okay with you, we'd like to introduce you to the person who started this trend. Can we bring in producer Jimmy, Anne, if that's okay? Hello. Hi, Anne. How are you? Uh, Anne, you are through to the voice of Formula One, David Croft. How exciting. I can't believe you kissed the track. (laughs) <laughs> that is incredible. Which track was it? No, I want to be clear. I did not kiss the track. This is the legacy that I'm leaving. I just walked on the track and it became the kissing of the track. Yes. Fair enough. Then. So Anne didn't kiss the track. But but in answering the question, our listeners decided they wanted to go one step further <laughs> and they started kissing the track. So, I mean, Anne, is there anything you wanted to, to ask Crofty, perhaps. Well, I guess, have you ever kissed it, Crofty? Have you ever kissed the track? Have you seen the state of those things? They're disgusting, quite. <laughs> <laughs> I know the Pope, when he visits a, 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 visits a foreign country, he, he kisses the tarmac. But, you know, he's probably, he's probably had a whole load of priests cleaning that thing for hours beforehand. <laughs> Can you not get lasers to do it before you do it? Have you seen the state of that man? (laughs) I'm very surprised that you've never kissed the tarmac. (laughs) I'll tell you what I'll do, Anne. For you and for the podcast, Singapore next week, I'm going to do a track run on Thursday night and um, I will kiss the track at the end of the track run. I'll do do one at the beginning and one at the end for you. How's that? This is massive. (laughs) That has it's peaked made it's peaked. our year and i'll uh, I'll, I'll send it i'll send it to you all you can do with it what you will but i'll uh, i'll do a little video for you kissing the track phenomenal not only is crofty praised my explaining of a thing if he kisses the track there's almost no reason to do this podcast anymore that's there's almost nothing else we can go on to do it's it's, yeah. it's it's just we've completed f1 podcasts really yeah. haven't we yeah it's mission accomplished <laughs> Yeah, um, but I'll, I'll try not to stand in one spot too long because there'll be that much sweat dripping off me. It won't be very pleasant at all. And Singapore <laughs> is the most inhospitable place to do a track run ever. There'll be a racing incident where there'll be some aquaplaning and they'll go, well, there's not, there's not been any rain for a few days. Oh, no, that was Crofty. You sweated on the, <laughs> sweated on the, on the first, fifth corner. <laughs> and while you've got the rare opportunity to speak to the man who is literally the, the sort of modern-day voice of Formula One, is there anything non-ridiculous that you wanted to ask him? This doesn't have to be about kissing. I mean, it can be about kissing. We're a, we're a broad church on this podcast, but anything you want to ask him that's slightly less yeah. ridiculous or more ridiculous. If you I, I'd, re- I'd respect it if you said no. That's it. <laughs> Goodbye. <Yeah. laughs> uh, okay. My more serious question would be, what has been your favourite moment that you've ever had to cover? Uh, see, this is where I get into trouble now with anyone that um, supports Lewis Hamilton. As a commentator, for the championship to be decided at the last race, is like, yeah, this is going to be cool. I'm going to love this. For the championship to be decided on the last lap of the last race 
is like something we dream about occasionally and then wake up and think, nah, that's not going to happen. That's going <laughs> to happen in 2008 in Brazil, but it's not going to happen again, is it? And, and it did. It happened in Abu Dhabi. I'm not saying it's my favourite moment because of the results. So Team LH, you know, don't bombard me with social media saying, how can you say it's your favourite moment? It was daylight robbery. Um, <laughs> I, I get your point. I understand your point. I've noted your point. Uh, let's move on from that point now because you're just getting a bit repetitive and you know who you are. Yeah. But that moment as a commentator where you are trying for one lap to sum up as much as you possibly can so that everyone watching understands what that moment is about and then get the action described as well and allow Martin Brundle the chance to, to, to chip in with his expert opinion and to prepare yourself for the moment where he crosses the line. That's a challenge that you just you want as a, as, as a broadcaster. Mm. And if you can deliver something that's half decent, then, you know, you know, that's been a decent night and people come up to me and say no we, we loved your line when he crossed it we love that lap and that's that's my standout moment of of many it's it's why i love sport so much i love sport because it's imperfect yeah a strange thing happens sometimes and it happens with loads of sport it happened this summer and i'm going to bring up cricket it happened in the ashes where there's an unrealistic expectation on sport that it has to be perfect <laughs> sorry do you are you aware of life are you aware of how unfair <laughs> and unjust and how many mistakes are made in real life of course that's going to happen in sport of course people are going to make mistakes in the heat at the moment that's what makes it brilliant because of the it's the it's the drama it's the drama mick i just love it and that's the that's why i love it and i guess it probably taps into why one of the reasons why you're you're, you love it so much still, but why? one of the reasons why you're such a great commentator is because you love storytelling more than the emotion about a certain result. Is that true? Yeah, I, I think that's a really fair point. Um, you know, as I, I, I am the, the narrator of a story that when the lights go out, I have no idea what that story is going to be. <laughs> and that's, right. that's my adrenaline rush. You yeah. know, I, I, I love witnessing uh, sport and sporting drama. Um, and sometimes things work, you know, against you, but for you in the, in the long term. And trust me, if Lewis Hamilton's in a position, you know, where he's racing against Max mm. Verstappen for a championship, it ain't going next time, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Max still had to yeah. overtake Lewis. You know, it, he still had to get that overtake done. A phenomenal answer and a phenomenal question. And listen, thank you so much for coming on again. And, and what a result we've achieved here, Anne, for you and the podcast. We're excited for Crofty's video. I mean, it's this is huge for us. So, <laughs> Anne, great to talk to you. And we'll speak to you again soon. Absolutely. Uh, Anne, can I just say, if Crofty does kiss the tarmac, you, you, you've got to return the favour. You've got you to go and kiss the driveway or something. <laughs> you, you've got to do something. Okay, yeah, yeah. When, when are you next going to a Grand Prix? Have yeah, you got yeah. any tickets? I, we're, we're looking at going to Spa next year. So I promise I'll return the favour next year. Yeah, a big smoocher. Big smoocher on Eau Rouge. <laughs> right, I'll tell you what we'll do, Anne. Right? Here's, here's my pledge to you. I'll kiss the track, right? But we need to make a big thing of you kissing the track. So we'll do a Friday night when all the action's finished. We'll both walk onto the track and, I'll, and, and we'll get someone to film it. And uh, and I'll get you on the start finish line so that you can kiss the track properly because just <laughs> some little rough corner of Puan <laughs> or Le Con, you know, forget that. We need we need the start finish line for this. So I'll get you on the track and we'll okay, do. Okay, I'll hold you to that. That means the podcast has to keep going for another year at least. I know we've peaked broadcast wise. Yeah. But... <laughs> well, why wouldn't it? What have yeah. you heard? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Thanks, Anne. Bye. Crofty, while we're talking about your all-time great commentary moments, we, we did have a little idea that is, is Crofty making a piece of toast of a morning even exciting? Can he not help himself sometimes? So we wondered <laughs> whether our listeners would like to um, submit some sort of more mundane parts of life for you to sort of give the full crofty treatment (laughs) we've asked some of our listeners to get in touch with some of their biggest achievements over the last week so yeah think lights out in bahrain huge overtake that sort of thing i like how you're trying to direct crofty by the way (laughs) you don't need to direct crofty don't get me in trouble with crofty greg what we're after david is the higher register yes the higher right so something a bit loud but as you well know Team principal, um, broadcaster, <laughs> broadcasters are only as good as their producers, and without our producers, we would be nothing. Yes. Well, that is true. Yeah. Big shout out to all the producers. Thank you, Crofty. Thank well, you. You're, you're not the producer. Jimmy is. You're supposed to be a supportive team principal, and you throw me under the bus yeah. with the guests. <laughs> right. So this first one is from Alex, and it's quite simply titled "A Big Bin Win." That's, that's a punchy headline on itself. So to set the scene. Normally, the neighbours over the road, who I've never seen, never met, just mysteriously, a bin will appear on the street. And I'm like, yes, now's my chance. Now I know what bin it is. So last week, there was no bin. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to chance it. I'll just pick the most full bin and put that out and see what happens. Um, And it turns out it was the right one. I came out in the morning and there was obviously a flood of other uh, green bins, as it were, in this case. It was unbelievable. The feeling, the celebration. All right, Alex, just for you, let's see what we can do. All right, whenever you are ready, Crofty. So here we are then, we're getting to the closing stages of the big Bin Grand Prix. Normally by this time, all of Alex's competitors have been and gone. But it's empty out on the street at the moment. But which bin is the right bin? Is it grass clippings? Is it refuge? Is it recycling or is it glass today? Oh, it's time for a gamble, like Sergio Perez in Zandvoort. Alex has gone for the most full bin, and that's the right one to be on. Out into the street it goes, the rest are surely going to follow. Where Alex goes, everyone follows. It's a wheelie, wheelie great day for Alex's wheelie bin. (laughs) Right. Will that do you? Yeah, uh, uh, that really will do. We may have had Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen on this podcast, but that's my favourite moment of this podcast ever. Forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's topping it. Uh, couple, couple of questions. A couple of questions, Crofty. <laughs> First one: Do you still get the little tingle down your spine as the theme music hits and you're live with the overhead shot of the circuit, and it's your first word, the the, the big important words? Do you still get that buzz? Mm. Without a doubt, I um. I spend a long time pacing around the commentary box, getting nervous and impatient and and waiting for things to start. Um, But when that music starts, that's the reminder. That's that's the moment where, right, okay, come on in, Croft. It's down to you. You and Martin and Ant and and Bernie, whoever whoever I'm with uh, that day. It's work time. So I, I gather my notes in my hand. And then with about 15 seconds to go, I think, what am I gonna say? Because I've got nothing written out. Oh. And I'm sure you're the same, 
Greg, with a lot of what you do, Christian, as well. Because people can't see me, I don't need to rehearse it. And I've got all my stats on the wall and I've got my handwritten notes. But I don't know what I'm going to say when I open my mouth because I want to be in the same moment as everybody else. Mm. I've got a rough idea of what the story is, obviously, but I want to be in that moment with everybody else. I think I came up with something stupid like, um, was it uh, 10 for Max is the goal, but here at Monza, Ferrari's on pole. And in F1 terms, that's Amore, um, which Brilliant. just seemed to you know, be the right thing to start, start us off in Italy. And it's just, you've got to trust yourself that you'll find the right words. And that only comes with practice and with experience. Mm. But I don't write anything down. Because if I write something down, then bet your bottom dollar, something will happen that I'll miss. And we have no control over the pictures. It's a world feed. And I don't want to be taking my eyes off the screen because anything can happen and often does in Formula One, even when it's just a helicopter shot looking at the track. So, um, yeah, it's all off the top of my head. Very interesting. And you see, and that's that's the radio thing again. That mm. is it, because you, you want it to be, you want it to feel live. And obviously you've got notes and you said you know the story and all the rest, you've got the stats to hand. But it's, yeah, when, when I started the breakfast show in 2018, the night before, I tried to write down my first link I was like, I'm going to and then I got to the Monday morning and it was out of date and weird and I, it wasn't how I was feeling. I wasn't feeling like that. I, di I didn't feel the same. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't excited when I wrote it. I was nervous when I wrote it. <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah, it's a very strange thing. You were excited when you said it. Yeah. Um, I'd, I've long since, I have to say, sadly, I've long since stopped listening to Radio 1. I'm not allowed to listen to Radio 1. I'm, I'm past 50 now so we, we can't do that um and that's important you know radio one has a, an audience and you, you know you don't play enough metal for my liking so, um, you know. actually my my second question my second second part of the question is do you have a little dance to the f1 theme tune <laughs> little jig little jaunty jig do you jig uh, um no but but i do before normally practice sessions because there's not as big a build-up time i do get into the commentary box for 10 15 minutes and i will play some tunes in the commentary box hmm. and um they're not always to the liking of my co-commentators <laughs> i love that theme tune so much that i now it's on my running playlist and i run to <laughs> i feel like charles leclerc i didn't know that but I've, uh, that doesn't surprise me at all That's, yeah you know the bit where george is like holding his arms out I know what that bit is and I'll stop and hold my arms out yeah. like George as I'm doing a run. That anyway, didn't surprise me at all. let's uh, hear less about my sad little life. It's just given me an idea. I'm, I'm, I'm actually getting married next year um, and I've not had the conversation with my fiancé yet that says, shall we walk down the aisle to the F1 music? Uh, um, in the house at the moment. Darling! <laughs> F1 music? Aisle? What do you reckon? <laughs> no, I think that's a No. To be fair. No, okay, fine. Crofty, it was worth asking, wasn't it? It was worth putting it out there. We, 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 I, I thought I'd try. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. Find yourself a new, find yourself a new fiance. Yeah, it was worth a go. Um, Sorry, Christian, because I think you're Ted. So I'm going to have to interrupt you. Do you want to see? My, do you want to see my notes? <laughs> Two seconds, Christian. Two seconds, Christian. Oh, I do want to see your your notes. Yes, these are my notes. These are my commentary notes that are all. Are the, is that for Singapore? <laughs> is that for Singapore? It's, it's a week away, Greg. Come on. <laughs> you know you wrote your opening link out the nights before. Yeah, that's uh, that's about as far as advances as we ever want to do. Fair enough. Um, no, that's Monza. 
No, I'm a, I'm a geek and I get fascinated by this commentary notes and the and I and Crofty I still handwrite everything as well so I have not none of my F1 notes are saved on a computer I handwrite everything so I'm I could sit and read those quite happily because that's who I am no well, you should <laughs> and I've actually just given um my 2021 notes I've just donated them to the Silverstone Museum anyone wants to actually go and see what my notes are they're all on display or should be all on display by now at the uh, the silverstone museum so there's there's a plug for a very good place to go oh it's a brilliant place what a lovely idea did you have to sort of take out all the bits where you said piss off lasers and stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right let's um let's go back to some of these mundane uh listener stories we'd love you to bring to life we now go to lizzie who um, has achieved one of the great things in life, which is a perfectly clean lid on a yoghurt. So I was baking my breakfast, um, getting my Greek yoghurt out. Um, so they're quite big tubs of Greek yoghurt. So there's quite a lot of surface area on that lid. Literally not a speck of yoghurt on that top lid. And that was lovely. And then popping the top layer was also a beautiful moment. First and foremost, uh, Lizzie, if you have achieved the perfect yoghurt lid, which you have, that deserves a round of applause because mm. um, I have to buy those uh, frubes in the tube just because I can't do a perfect yoghurt lid. It's, it's as simple as that. <laughs> but here we go then. That's an exclusive. <laughs> Let's, uh, another exclusive. Let's see what we can do. Here we are in the kitchen then. <laughs> what a day this could be. A lot of potential from this young lady. A lot riding, though, on the next few moments because whilst there's potential, she needs the practice. And with practice will come excellence, I'm sure. Right, off to the fridge we go. Wonderful, dramatic opening of the door. The fridge is there at her disposal. And out comes a tub of Greek yoghurt. But it's a massive tub. This is no small deal, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to lift the lid on the Greek yoghurt. And there she goes, peeling, peeling, peeling. She's going peel to peel with that yogurt tub, and it's the perfect pot stop with a Greek yogurt. <laughs> Lizzie has the perfect lid. Oh, good lords! Oh. Peel to peel will live with me for a long time. Yeah. Excellence, a master at work, a master. Almost, almost too perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, right. When you've got nothing to say, just put a pun in. Just stick a pun in at some stage. Mm. People will remember the puns. Yeah, I liked your Hungary one, by the way. (laughs) Which one did I do in Hungary? Well, you just did a Hungary pun and it didn't go unnoticed. (laughs) (laughs) Hungry for a victory. (laughs) I try and stick stick a few in. The simple ones are the best. Yeah, keep it simple, stupid. That was also what Jason Swale said to me. Crofty, we've taken up enough of your time and you mentioned your fiance earlier. If you're going to make it down the aisle, we should let you get back to it at some stage. But just, I think one more before you go. And I think this one's from Bethany, which is which is less mundane, actually a bit dramatic. So therefore I feel like it is in, it's sort of perfect for some Crofty commentary. Let's hear from Bethany. So I was at my friend's wedding in this beautiful barn, decided to go inside, grab myself and my friend a glass of wine, was wearing flip-flops, so flat shoes the lot, came out, um, stepped down a two-inch step and fell over in the most dramatic fashion possible, 
glasses smashed everywhere. I ended up wearing the wine. Um, leg was very grazed. About eight people ran over to me to see if I was okay. So yeah, went indoors and licked my wounds, got myself another glass of wine and uh, calmed down. Right, Crofty, what do you reckon to that? That in your uh, that in your repertoire, you think? Oh dear, that that is not what you want. That that's not so much mundane as an absolute corking disaster uh, from Bethany there. <laughs> corking Dear disaster. Dear Lord. Uh, right, okay, let's give it some beans then, shall we? <laughs> We've had the wedding march. We're now at the wedding reception. It's been a long, long day, and Bethany looks like she's suffering a little bit of degradation. There's definitely wear there as she goes up the stairs. Back down again and we can see that she's sliding no grip whatsoever two glasses of wine and smash oh no absolute disaster covered in wine both glasses smashed to smithereens it's like lando norris on a podium ladies and gentlemen it's an absolute nightmare <laughs> oh crafty that was phenomenal you realize now that i'm gonna have to go on cameo and do about 20 of these a day this, this this could pay for the wedding. Yeah, but thank you, Mike. <laughs> oh, my God, you could make a fortune. We ought to look at that. Betty is going to be so sad that she missed this. However good her holiday was, it wasn't worth missing this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It helps, right? I'm really sad to, to have missed Betty as well because I listen to Betty a lot because I still tune in to, to Five Live and to BBC Sport. And <laughs> you know what it's like, right? When you listen to people, you've no idea what they look like. I mean, Christian, you know, we've met. Uh, and that Greg we've met you know the hair's got a bit lighter since we last met you know well done uh, looking the part are you sorry and, are you um, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on I know you're about to say something nice about Betty are you accusing me of dyeing my hair <laughs> no just the sun's just streaming through um, whatever window you're sat in front of oh I was going to say I don't, I don't do any of that and if I was going to do it I would dye it darker um, <laughs> in case of greys the man who's going greyer by the minute don't worry um, I was looking forward to meeting Betty I think she's brilliant I really do so um Maybe we'll have to, to, to meet up for a beer. We would love that. Honestly, and Crofty, as someone that's, as I say, you know, grown up an F1 fan and listened to you from the five live days when I was driving home from football matches or driving home from kart races or whatever, honestly, it's been such a pleasure to have you on and talk to us. Really, really do appreciate you giving the time. Really enjoyed talking to you. No, it's, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. I, I love my F1. I love anybody that loves F1. And uh, together, I think we're all helping Formula One stop becoming the world's best kept secret. <laughs> and um, becoming the sport and giving it the platform that it needs. You know, mm. the sport deserves podcasts, uh, deserves the coverage, deserves the fandom, you know, and deserves a bit of history as well. Because I also think Max going for, you know, 11 in a row it's in, in Singapore, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes you've got to witness a bit of history in the making. And there's no doubt that that guy is, is putting the effort in to get the rewards. And, uh, and it's not dull for me. It really isn't. And, and, it, and it won't be dull. And it won't carry on like this because someone will come and challenge him eventually. That's just the secular way uh, that sport is. But yeah, you keep doing what you're doing. I'll keep doing what I'll, I'm doing. And we'll all keep loving F1 and everyone will be happy. Well, we look forward to seeing you in the paddock sometime soon. And we will. Um, we would love to, to hang out and have a beer. In fact, so the Sky F1 podcast, we're, we're going to do a bit of a job swap. So um, I, I'm going to appear on it in the next week or so. And I'm really, really excited. Are you going to be on that episode, Crofty, do you think? Um, not at the moment, because uh, I'll be in Singapore. And if I'm in Singapore, 
that'll be, I'm going to try and work this out for you, Greg. That'll be about half past one in the morning. <laughs> Delirious Crofty. You do not need me at half past one in the morning. Yeah, on, on any podcast ever. Firm no, then. <laughs> Firm no. Well, we'd love to have you back on here anytime as well. It's been such a treat to chat to you about radio and the, the art of commentary and getting you to do stupid stuff. We've loved it, Crofty. We will see you very soon. And enjoy Singapore. Quick prediction then. Come on then. Who's, uh, who's the podium? Because we know who probably will win, but who's the podium? Um, oh God, that's going to be hard. Uh, Singapore's different this year, don't forget. They've taken out four corners, uh, so it's not quite uh, the 90-degree right angles that we have had in the past. They're basically redeveloping the stand for their um, their National Day celebration. So it makes it a slightly shorter race in terms of lap time, which is better for brakes and wear, etc. Max should win. Sergio should be with him. But think back to Hungary. Mercedes were good in Hungary. Um, Lewis Hamilton is already talking up Singapore because it's a very similar uh, style of track. And I think Mercedes have got a much better chance. I think Alonso's got a much better chance as well. I'm going for Max Lewis and Fernando on the podium. And I'm going for Lewis on pole like we did in Hungary. Nice. And if I'm wrong, my name is Martin Brundle. (laughs) Oh, one last thing before you go. I've received a voice note. I've seen and done many wondrous things in the 12 years that I've been doing Formula One with Sky. I've witnessed the sunrise over the Taj Mahal. I've gone down the Olympic bobsleigh run in a four-man bob with Danny Kvyat. And I've jumped out of a plane strapped to Johnny Herbert and a sailor. But the most marvellous thing that I've ever seen is David Croft in all his glory at the buffet. I'd like to know, if it's possible... What is his record for the amount of sausages consumed during one sitting? If you could ask him that, I'd be very grateful, Gregory. Thank you. He's brought the tone down. This is why it's dangerous to be nice about Simon Lazenby. You did say it. Yeah, I did. I did. I predicted this. The record is four for breakfast. And then when we got on the plane later that night, it was sausage and mash. I had another two. And then I was a bit peckish, so I had another two more. <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, is why I'm on a diet. David Croft, thank you for your time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>